It's the Friday trade deadline edition of the Fan Morning Show. Sports at 590, the Fan. We've got a hell of a day lined up for you here on the station. Jam-packed with trade deadline coverage. Coming your way. Let's, let's see it up for you now, just so if you're turning your podcast on, you know what to expect. Including double duty from yours. Yours uh, truly? Yours, uh, yours Cuthley? Was that what you were saying? Yours Cuthley, Justin Cuthbert. You got us this morning, then you got the J.D. Bunkus podcast, including Paul Bissonette and Ryan Getzlaff. A couple decent guests there. Not right? a big deal. Jeez. Then 11 to 1 p.m., you've got Justin and Matt Marchese, special two-hour edition of Sportsnet today. Joined by Jennifer Botterill, Colby Armstrong, and Kevin Bieksa. Not another bad lineup there. Pretty good. Then you got Gunner and Gord bringing you Leafs Nation 1 to 3 p.m. That's the crunch time of the day. It's a big spot to be in with Anson Carter and Jamal Mayer. That is a big spot to be in. Then, real Kipper and Bourne break it all down, hit the airwaves right at the 3 p.m. deadline. They'll have Paul Bissonette, Colby Armstrong. Speaking of double duties. <laughs> and Doug McLean on the show, followed by Fan Drive Time, 5 to 7 p.m. Anson Carter again, Elliot Freeman and Mike Fuda among the guests. And then TV's got Hockey Central. Trade deadline goes live at Sportsnet beginning at 10 a.m. Um, and, of course, we've got Jeff Merrick, Anthony Stewart, and Elliot Friedman. Holy, what a day on the station and on the network. Big Matthew Mayer diet day. <laughs> yeah. The energy drinks are going to be flowing. I'm surprised there's not that. a case outside. It's the, the What's Matt the fridge looking day. like over there? I don't know, man. we got to get stocked up. We need it. This is why sometimes I think we need a coffee sponsorship on the show. How are we a morning show without a coffee sponsorship? We definitely do. Or a caffeine sponsorship on this show. Like the pitch clock saving Major League Baseball and Major League Baseball fans multiple minutes every day. If we just had a coffee sponsorship, save us multiple Man. minutes every day. No stops. This six o'clock hour no brought brewing. to you by Blank. It's, Keeping it's you fired right up this you. morning. It's right there for Thanks you. Thanks to Blank. And then we have video cameras Keeping in you here. fired up this morning. We've got video cameras in here. I could just be drinking out of your coffee. Mm. I think the... Uh, in order for that to happen, we'd have to be, like, live on TV because you'd have to show the cup at all times, right? Wouldn't that be a pretty important aspect of it all? Yeah, yours is just the horse mug that I got. I got the horse mug. Christmas. Are you proud of how much I use this, you, by the way? You honestly get the most use out of that Christmas gift than any gift I've given to anybody in my lifetime. Really? <laughs> yeah. What about the stuff I got you? Anything getting any play or Oh, well, I haven't really been wearing the hot dog costume around no? town. I the, guess you're saving that. I like the beam when it's the beam team. Right. Um, I have used the Hamlet book. Are you book. watching? I have looked, you? I looked through, and there was a Clinton page. Was there? Yeah, I should. Have, I forgot to up? bring this up. Sorry, I should have brought it in with me. Oh, I forget. Oh, you give me too many gifts, though. So. I gave you too many gifts. What are you talking about? Yeah, I just I'm overwhelmed. Oh, okay. and I, to be honest, I haven't eaten the hot dogs in the fridge yet. They're but still in the fridge, they, though, buddy. They don't expire. <laughs> they don't, right? This is for like you saving it for like middle, yeah, middle June July or July when I'm like, oh, I need something to eat, and Campfire. I'm like, oh yeah, throw me up on the. Rooftop with the BBQ. Uh, maybe, maybe tuck them in the freezer just to be safe. No, I'm not going to freeze those things. They're never going to be the same. Uh, They're right. made to sit in the fridge for a year you and think a half. Six months fridge shelf life for hot dogs. I'll double check again. Maybe you could celebrate uh, appropriately when the Jays have their home opener. There you go. There you go. Looney dogs at home. Looney dogs at home. Um, all right, folks. Big day today. It's the NHL trade deadline at 3 p.m. If you're listening, you're watching, you're tuning in, you've got full slate of content here at Sportsnet, Sportsnet 590 the Fan. The Maple Leafs played their back-to-back Oilers-Flames 
on the road today, no action as we wait and anticipate possible moves, possible silence, maybe the last minute cramming session where you're like, all right, I'm picking up the phone here. 30 minutes to go. What are we doing? I don't even know how today's going to go, and I love it. I don't think there's anyone who's supposed to go other than John Klingberg, which is... The, which was we, such a the, sleeper. Like, we didn't say his name for months. I know. We completely forgot about this guy, partly because he plays for Anaheim, Anaheim but partly because no one's talking about him. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. why wouldn't he not be top of mind for this entire trade deadline uh, time period? Like, I don't understand why John Klingberg's name isn't out there more, why more people aren't talking about him. Seems like a competent defenseman. I don't know if he's... Game has completely fallen off in Anaheim, mm-hmm. but who's wouldn't be affected by playing in Anaheim? True. So that's like the one person that was like, okay, obviously they should go. But everyone who's supposed to go, plus, has already gone. And we got a Max Domi trade yesterday. Max Domi was B-day? in the... Yeah, he could go category. Even the yeah, he could goes have gone. Do you think that you're excited to get traded on your birthday or your... Ah, come on. It's my I don't birthday. know. I, I, well, I'm not a big birthday guy, but have you seen the cap sheet for... The Blackhawks. The Blackhawks, by the way, I don't know if they won last night. I will check that quickly. But they continue to play reasonably well despite having. They lost 5 2 to the Dallas Stars, which was a team that. It was 2 2 in the third period. Yeah, he didn't get to go across. I guess they waited until after the game to do that. But they knew beforehand. So he's playing the team. Was he on the ice? They probably held him out. Anyway, uh, the Blackhawks cap sheet is an absolute joke. You want to talk about a team whose cap sheet is an absolute joke? No. You know which team I want to talk about. Okay, we'll talk about them a lot today. The Arizona Coyotes, that is. Yeah. But they're, I mean, they're doing okay too. But I think there's more on the Coyotes cap sheet than there is on the Chicago Blackhawks cap sheet right now. Name me the second highest earning forward. No, the highest earning forward on the Chicago Blackhawks right now. Patrick Kane. (laughs) (laughs) With the retention, let's see. Yeah, he might be. Where does he end up? Patrick Kane. He is. He's the most expensive player that they Tough have. Tough question. So, th- so that is kind of in the in, <laughs> I guess I guess uh, Jonathan um, Tay okay, is there okay, as well. Okay, highest earning is it forward? Yeah, highest earning forward. Um playing who, for them who plays right on now. this team. Um uh Athensio. Second. Oh, Tyler Johnson's number one. Tyler Johnson. Their fourth highest earning forward right now. And the only This is gonna make no, me sick. No one isn't else it? is making a million dollars. Is our, our buddy Colin Blackwell from last oh, year. Oh, Colin Blackwell. Leafs legend. Isn't it, oh, no, he's a Harvard guy, right? Don't even get those confused. I saw it in your eyes. No, you were excited about him at no, some point no, last year, though. Yeah, because he was a Harvard guy. And I, well, now all the Maple now Leafs do is get Harvard guys that don't Ivy, do much. You're pro-Ivy League if they're on your term, yeah, team then, and anti-Ivy League much. if they're on a different team. Okay, he's so, yeah, the four, fourth highest paid They have four forward? players making over a million dollars up front. Well, then they got, like, what, Seth Jones makes... Seth Jones makes a big bag at nine and a half, and Connor Murphy's still available there at four and a half. But they got seven players making over a million dollars playing for them right now. Okay, but, like, the Arizona Coyotes are kind of embarrassing the league, are they not? I'm all for... I know everyone's up in arms about the Arizona Coyotes, and we can, like, detail it more with Jeff Merrick on at 7 a.m. But I will say, just to get out in front of it, I think the league's better with a blank square. Someone you, someone you can, like, there's no compliance buyouts. There's no wiggle room underneath the salary cap. You can't really do anything. You get all these guaranteed contracts. Everyone's up against the cap. Guess who is helping facilitate a great trade deadline? The Arizona Coyotes. Are they not? Like, I get it that it's, it's an, and it's an it's embarrassment. Skeevy. It is skeevy. But that's what you got to do with the rules in place. With do the, you got to do that? I'm just saying. 
it's embarrassing for Arizona, but without Arizona, are we having all these trades to talk about no, right now? No, you're right. They're making things a lot more interesting. What is that, a catch-22? I guess. So, fine. It's not, like, I don't, I don't care about the Arizona Coyotes. I have, like, nothing about me cares about the success or failure of the Arizona Coyotes. Not even an ounce of me. If they could move tomorrow, I'd be happy, whatever. Who cares? They're a blank square right now, and they're making things it's better. It's the Bank of Arizona at The this Bank point. of Arizona has been critical <laughs> to the success okay, so of this trade deadline. Okay, so give a little deadline. praise. That's fine. I get it. But in the, in the end... Not even praise. It's just like, it's great. Thank you. Thank you for doing your job. Okay. Uh, maybe the Leafs will run through the Bank of Arizona one more time today, but we'll see. I don't even know how much more they have to give, but they'll find a way. They're like the Tampa Bay Lightning of the LTIR sitch. Of past. They're, they're, yeah, they're the opposite in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Maple Leafs beat the Flames last night 2-1. Um, an important, important win. Mm-hmm. An opportunity to bounce back from a gross loss on Wednesday night to the Oilers. And we got to see the Leafs debut 2.0 of number two, Luke Shen, who has the pass Shen for the blue and white. Nice. Chef's kiss. I will say I stole it from the Leafs Instagram. Oh, that wasn't an, an original? No, but I give credit whenever credit's due. Okay. Man, he is, I think Toronto Maple Leafs fans, their hearts grew three sizes last night watching. Why? Why, why, why do you have that? Is because it nostalgia? He, what is it? Because I wasn't like. A mix of nostalgia and a mix of this guy brings a presence. He is tough to play against. He's what? The human eraser? <laughs> Leads, yeah, uh, he leads the league that. in hits, but you notice a presence of Luke Shen. I think he played 11 minutes last night. He made four it hits, was, two it was blocks, more PK guy. Than it was Shen in the third period when things turned around for the Leafs sure, last night. But I liked I liked Luke Shen all night long. It might have to do with the fact that there's a soft spot for the Luke Shen return. He was very very I, sweet with his interview. I think that's part of it. I think oh, yeah, people yeah. are cheering for oh, Luke I'm, Shen. That's, and I'm okay to say I'm cheering for. Luke Is Luke Shen. Shen a top pairing defender though? No, I because didn't say that. I mean, that's that's the big thing for me last night. It was like speed dating for a while with the defensive pairings. It was like, okay, everyone just like, yeah, you know, beer league, open the door and next two out, go out and figure it out. And I kind of loved it because you're trying to look for chemistry where you can find it. But you also saw the formulation of like two pairings that you could see in the playoffs with Jake McCabe and TJ Brody and Mark Giordano and Justin Hall. And then it's like, okay, so the other two are trying out to play on Morgan Riley's side, but do you really want either Luke Shen or Eric Gustafson no, so to be playing top-bearing minutes? My love for Luke Shen isn't that I think he's going to come in here and change the defensive makeup of this team and lead them to a Stanley Cup and be the Conn Smythe winner and have a parade route where he's the captain of the ship. Okay, so we're in the business of just like heartwarming stories I now? I would like to give Luke Shen a little bit of love this morning at 6.10 in the morning and okay. play a couple lovely clips of his because I think Leafs Nation needs Okay, I'll allow this. that. I'll okay? allow it. Then you can be critical. Here's Luke Shen yesterday on being back with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, it was, it was pretty surreal, honestly, when I kind of got chills when I first uh, threw it on there going out for warm-ups. Um, you know, it uh, feels like another lifetime ago almost <laughs> where I was wearing this jersey. And, um, you know, I think looking back, I mean, when you're 18 years old and you first wear it, you, you appreciate, um, you know, wearing the jersey. But I think kind of the ups and downs of my career and to kind of come full circle and, and get the chance to wear it again I think uh you know it, it means a lot more and that just kind of comes with um you know being older and and uh you know having a better appreciation for you know different things 
that you go through in the league and and uh, you know for it to come full circle and and uh, get the opportunity again I'm I'm grateful for it. Let me give you Boz, I see you're just ready to rip no, Luke Shen. A, I just wanted to ask a quick question. How many people that say they got chills doing something in a sporting event he actually? Did. Res- he did. I, I believe him. Yeah. But What's like, your how problem m- with Luke Shen? <laughs> I believe him. I believe him. I swear to you, I believe him. I'm just saying in general, how many people use that line when they don't actually have the chills? I think I believe every single thing that comes to Luke Shen's mouth. <laughs> I think I do too. I, I'll give you that. I'll 3, give you that. 3,981 games since he wore the Maple Leaf sweater, number two. He's back at it again. How many? 3,981 games. Days. Days. I was like, days. no the way. Days. <laughs> days is an integral point of that, yeah. of that sentence. Yes. A very long time since he was back in the blue and white. Things have changed. He's in a different point of his career. Uh, Who did we have on the other day that said he's playing his best hockey? Sarah Valley? Somebody. Merrick? Merrick. No. Stewie? Stewie. No. Either way, someone feels Somebody passionately about that. Somebody said that quote and I saw us tweet it. Best hockey of his career, of his life. And so we got him back. And let me tell you, small sample size, yes, he played 11 minutes. He's physical. He adds the presence the Maple Leafs haven't had. He, I don't want to play against him. He's giving you shots in front of the net. He's he's punching guys. He'll give Nazem Kadri a shot in the corner, okay? I like what he's going to bring to this team. Once again, I don't think he's the end-all, be-all. Maybe, maybe they need to add someone that can actually play with Morgan Riley or they need to fix that. He's not the answer. But I like Luke Shen. I'm happy to have him back, okay? There's a little bit of nostalgia as well because I remember that time fondly i think there's all the reason in the world to be do you remember that time fondly in the sense of i just started kind of really watching the maple leafs and okay. watching hockey i was like what what year was this? anything oh, pre-university for oh, me eight? like i think university just like wiped my memory of things so i'm like having trouble having like really I profound was kid and with excitement memories. to watch hockey at that but point. yeah there's there yeah clearly we have there's this full circle thing happening with luke shannon for that reason everyone's going to be on board everyone's going to be happy but i don't want them to turn sour and I feel like if he's told to do too much, if it's on him to do too much, and I think too much is top pairing minutes. Let's be honest here. I think too much is top pairing minutes. And As do I. If we don't figure out how all these pieces are going to be put in place, then right now he's kind of scheduled for top pairing minutes. So the Leafs have, what, nine hours before the deadline mm-hmm. here. I feel like the big question is, hey, is there is there another move here for the Maple Leafs? Because if you looked at, it was quantity over quality to a certain extent last night, at least with how they arranged themselves. I think there is a six, like there is like a ranking or a hierarchy that would work. But if they do want to play Brody with McCabe, which I love, and they do want to put Giordanovich Hall, which makes a lot of sense for a bottom pairing, uh, between Liljegren, Gustafson, and Shen... I just don't see an automatic candidate to play with with Morgan Riley for the long term for 25-plus playoff games if they're going go to go to and win a Stanley Cup final. Jason Buchla was the one that said it. There we go. He knows his we players. Got yeah, he's got he some does. background he in does. scouting. So Great job on the panel last book night. Book it. Um, okay, yes. And you know what? I think the blue line is going to be a interesting mix of players over the next while. But that third period, I started to see the chemistry, and the working the kinks out. As we need to say, they just got a mix you know of players. You, I'm just going to interrupt you for a second. You know what you saw? You saw more Gustafson than okay. Shen. You're a big Gustafson guy? How I'm that, not. How about the first shift of his Maple Leafs career? That's the, pretty tough. I don't think anybody's had a worse start to their Maple Leafs career in their first shift. Like, obviously, it's <laughs> it's a, a terrible sample size. But if, you, if you're the guy so fired up to play for the Maple Leafs, 
and you get put on the power play because you're like, hey, you know what? Didn't Jake McCabe take a penalty? Like we had yeah, on his first shift. Yeah, was but it the this first guy shift? was on the power play, I know, I know, and they I blew know. by him. They scored a goal. I think it's that just would like be they're worse. making a habit of this all of a sudden. But I know I'm, I'm being tongue in cheek with this. It, Gustafson gets his very first shift with Maple Leafs. He gets a rocket launcher pass with the boards that flops over a stick. Then the guy's yeah. gunning him down. Gets a B way on a AHL goaltender who played great. But still dangles him at, and, mm-hmm. you know, scores on the very first power play opportunity for the Maple Leafs. I was like, oh, no. And the oh, further no. context Gustafson. is like, if you're not helping us on the power play, are you helping us at all? And then immediately but you he know gives what? up a shorthanded goal. He found a way to impress after that opportunity. He definitely earned some minutes under Sheldon Because Keith. you could have crumbled and said, no more Gustafson. Bye-bye. Uh, yeah. I mean, I still maintain because it was still Morgan Riley on the top power play. And I feel like if Eric Gustafson gives you any value at all it is running your top power play now i didn't watch the last little bit of the game five minutes or so i don't know if there was a late power play where he got power play one time but if he's not doing that if it's still morgan riley you still have a problem on the power play and you don't really have use for eric gustafson i don't think now they could go 11-7 that could be the thing moving forward they did it last night to i want to say great effect but i think it was pretty i think it was pretty good i think you could build off that i think you could maybe work with 11 and 7 but i don't think they'll do that long term i don't think that's a long-term fit but in order in some ways in order to play gustafson it has to be 11 to 7 and you're not even thinking about doing that if he's not your power play one quarterback which he wasn't last night so i'm thinking okay where does this guy fit are you going to try to make him into a regular a top six guy i'm a little Skeptical Keep that in mind, can be. This is his Leafs debut after being traded and having zero and, practices and also on the road. And it was positive after every single shift other than his first. After his first. Right? That's right. It was. Yeah. And sure. it was the, it was the same yeah. way with Shen as well. Uh, but it's still looking forward. It's like, okay, I, I still don't completely see the clear picture here. I think that that's very fair. I don't know if it leads me to targeting that as a trade deadline move today. But there are still some good defensemen at... Look, John Klingberg, but I don't know if the Maple Leafs are in the bucket today of needing to add. The question is, do the Maple Leafs need to make a trade deadline move today? I don't think they need to. I think there are some pieces that they could add, but we saw some sloppy play over the last two games. There's been a lot of moving pieces, and that can be a really great thing, but in the small sample size of they just played six periods, five of them were meh, one great one to end the streak off. I think there's a lot to figure out here. And you can tiptoe to the the area of too much. I don't think they've crossed that. I think they're not They're one, flirting with it. They're I think. flirting with it. So if you're going to make a move today, it better be a, a really decisive. It's not, hey, let's throw another body into the mix. No. It is, hey, we've got something that we just can't refuse because it's a serious upgrade. And those for me would be somebody to play with Morgan Riley. If you want to go that route, mm-hmm. that isn't TJ Brody, mm-hmm. or a top six scoring winger, and that's precisely. It. If you I can't... get the goaltending, I get that we're horned up for a goaltender. Who, who? Well, I, I guess I will open the door for that as well. Like if if a really quality goaltender presents itself, where, where have they been the last month? Someone today is going to be like. You see Sorrow here. We'll give him up. Sure. Listen, I didn't know Philip Ronick was going to go, but he went. Yeah, like a bunch there, of there, there, there could be some teams that just decide, hey, we need to do something. We want to do something. It's going to be a goaltender that you know is better than Ilya Samsonov that yeah. you are going to put in. Yeah. 
I'm not I'm not completely with you on that. I'm with you definitely on the other two. Okay. I'm with you on okay, the only forward addition you should make is someone who's a better left winger than anyone you have. And that includes Michael Bunting. Mm-hmm. Michael Bunting's going to play with Austin Matthews, we believe. But in order for it to be an impact winger, I think they have to be considerably better than Michael Bunting if you're gonna look to do it, because you have options. You have Kerfoot, you have Yarncroke, you have O'Reilly, you have a lot of options to play in the in the top six on that second line with John Tavares. You just gotta figure out who's best for that role. With the defensive core, one hundred percent. If you can get someone who is an automatic top four defenseman, because to be. I think right no now more five, six, you seven. have you have three and a half top four defensemen, don't you? Yeah. Like Riley. Luke Shen, number one. <laughs> No, he's your half. He's definitely <laughs> your half. Uh, well, maybe you have two halves with Shen and Hall. But right now you have Brody, McCabe, Riley. It could be anyone else entering that top four, right? It could be any number yeah. of the six. I guess you're not putting Jordy Ben there and you're not putting Connor Timmons there. I forgot about Jordy Ben, eh? But Jordy Ben, ben still exists. He's your 10th defenseman right now. You have, they have 10 defensemen. So if you could break up a logjam, you should be able to consider that. I think you you're right about those two. You have to... In order to add, it's not someone to compete for minutes because you have so much competition no. for minutes right now. You need someone that knocks everyone into their proper place. The fact that we're talking about that after six editions is a little strange, but we are. Uh, but with the goaltending, I feel like if you can just spend a little to get someone who can kind of give you the depth in case things go completely awry, I'm there for it. You didn't like They have a million dollars to spend still. Joe Wall played no, pretty well last I'm night. Not. Joe Wall in a playoff game, we're not doing. You just One, called him. You just disparagingly called him an AHL well, goaltender. Yeah, <laughs> but you said it in. A, I'm just saying. You said it in a disparaging tone. I was just saying the facts. He's actually an facts. NHL goaltender right now. Well, he is an AHL goaltender. You said it as though he's an AHL All Star. It Justin. was more of a stake for Gustafson. He played to great leave. last night, and so did Markstrom. Yeah, he did. And. I don't know what the Calgary Flames. He's an are. NHL goaltender. Yeah, the Calgary Flames after last night. I I wonder what their direction is. They just lost four straight games. They need to say trade deadline. They don't seem that far off, but they cannot win one goal games. Twenty fourth one goal game loss of the season, which is an NHL worse. Every other Western Conference team that is looking to get into playoffs won last night. I don't know. Maybe that was the straw that well, broke the camel's maybe, back. Maybe they're the team with the weird move today. Because hey, Markstrom. Not Markstrom, but maybe Vladar. Would you add Vladar? I don't know. I don't have any. Dan Vladar is. We're talking about Dan Vladar taking Jacob Markstrom's mm-hmm. uh, spot. They this were year. they were going back and forth and all season long. Only because Jacob Markstrom's paid this and yeah, was brought on to that do guys. that. You're not. You've you're not putting Vladar as your number one. You're not moving. I mean, you could, but he makes too much money. So Vlan, Vladar makes Vlan Devar is what I just called him. Who? Vlan Devar. <laughs> Dan Vladar. That's tough. Sorry, guys. This is Friday. Fired up. Vladar would be a guy. And Calgary could be that team because for some reason, and I think Blake Coleman like emotionally said it best, yeah. good team that just can't, can't find a way to win. So and maybe... sometimes that's the case. Sometimes the mix isn't right, and they are a team that added new bodies. What and a just fall can't... from grace, though, if the Flames are sellers at this trade deadline after literally putting everything and, and all the celebration the this off season for tree living after after you like making the best of a bad situation and your bet for the president's trophy some sometime a cash out maybe it's maybe when it's like Oof. maybe when you're dealt a bad hand you kind of just got to accept your medicine sometimes too because as much as yeah you made the best of a bad situation jonathan huberdo and your willingness to spend all that money up front like he was kind of a ghost yesterday i didn't notice him much calgary hmm. jonathan huberdo <laughs> Exactly. Nice. Uh, yeah, I just, 
it seems like they're the team that could sort of be the be the players today, be the player today if they decide, hey, one way or another, with all these teams winning around them and really no hope for success this season despite having a lot of talent, yeah, maybe they could send some bodies elsewhere and, and make today very interesting. Okay. Um, anything else from last night's game? A lot of speed dating. I like that you put it that way. Lots to figure out. They play the uh, Vancouver Canucks on Saturday night, the return of Luke Shen. Quick turnaround for him. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Head back home quick. I mean, uh, his wife's like very close to getting I, yeah, birth. She might have a baby. <laughs> Maybe he'll catch the, the, the he, birth he of his should, son. He probably went there. Then. They probably let him go there last night, have an extra day in Vancouver. Maybe his wife has a baby today. And he's on the ice Yeah, tomorrow. that's that. I mean, I, I Honestly, guess we're sort of, you know, we're filling. No, I heard she's like, but she's pop. ready to go. Well, that's great then. It might work out perfectly. It, it honestly could. Uh, Markstrom looked good. So did Joe Wall. Um, third period was a great stepping stone for the Maple Leafs. Kemi, she's getting a little better. Yeah, Still don't know what's going on with Matthews. Until the third period, though, it was kind of five straight bad periods. Yeah, Which exactly. is like, like a lot of, you know, and that's some of the, okay, integrating new bodies and all that stuff, I guess. But then you're still waiting on, like, the centers to take control. Like, wow, what center depth? Three guys who would have played on Olympic teams mm-hmm. a couple years ago if there were, I guess just last year, if the NHL indeed went to the Olympics. Uh, but John Tavares, Austin Matthews, and Ryan O'Reilly are not giving you, like, the most impact imaginable. I think Ryan O'Reilly's settling into, okay, this is what I'm going to be doing in a third-line function a little bit more, and hey, maybe doesn't jump off the page for you. But Austin Matthews still trying to find it. John Tavares was kind of a ghost the last couple days here. Uh, these guys ultimately are going to have to step up because it can't just be Mitch Marner dragging everyone into the fight. But God, Mitch Marner is playing on a completely different level than everyone else. He's He's been, other than Connor McDavid in that Oilers night, I think he's been the best player on the ice in, in the majority of the hockey games that the Maple Leafs have played in the last month. Yeah, I mean, we've been talking about Nylander being like, you know, co-MVPs for the, no, for the Maple no, Leafs. No, no, But now Mitch Marner's definitely stuck his nose back out in front, I He's think. He's playing with so much confidence and poise and, like, creativity. I honestly... I'm I'm astounded. Most you notice, shifts. You notice how he's not just looking for Matthews anymore. No, he's like, like a lot of I it. I can was, do it myself too. A lot of it, and I think you know the sixty goal chase and all that stuff last year, but very deferral. I think a lot mm-hmm. of last season, and I think that was just in his personality. Like he's just trying to be the best, Mitch Marner, which in a lot of ways is being unselfish and lifting Austin Matthews up. But now it seems like everything's running through. Mitch Marner, and he's very confident. He knows how important and how valuable he is. He knows he's the best player in the Toronto Maple Leafs right now, and he's playing like it. So the Calgary Flames still the only team in NHL yet to make a trade. Mm-hmm. I don't know if last night is the the night that really set them in understanding of how today goes, but it was it's tough. Tyler Toffoli, we got a text in saying could be an under-the-radar guy, playoff warrior, Mike from Caledon, might be an insider, Mike. Mm-hmm. Is Mike Fuda. Could be. From Caledon. But, yeah. You Tifoli's know. turning into that guy, just like a hired gun for playoff teams. <laughs> it kind of feels like that's Tifoli's role in the NHL nowadays. We'll see. I mean, there's a lot of teams with a lot of intrigue today. Um, I don't know if the Maple Leafs are up there today, though. So, they had their they had their fun this week. So, so your prediction is nothing today? Um, Nothing of substance that's going to be like, holy doobus okay, master Okay, it doesn't class. have to be that. It doesn't have to be that. Are they going to do anything today? I'm going to go with no. No, eh? I'm going to go with no. I think they're doing something. But what are they doing? I think they're bringing in a defenseman still. And who's that? 
I can't ignore like the little, I don't know who it is. I'm not a insider. You're not like, Mike uh, from Caledon, Mike from eh? But Mikey. You just you just showed us eleven seven. You're not playing eleven seven in the playoffs. I think they're confident. They just got to work it through here. They got to work it out. Give them some time. You Justin. just sat Timothy Lilligren. Yeah, but he was kind of banged up. You have cap flexibility. You have a million dollars yeah, to but spend. What about Matthew Nice? You have ten NHL defensemen. Do you yeah, need that many? That's all right. Send one down to the. Still Marlies. have questions in the top six. You got Sheldon Keefe the other day saying, "Yeah, we'll see what our roster looks like Friday." Would you so? Would you be disappointed? This is it. Would you be disappointed if the Maple Leafs went through the trade deadline just quiet today? Just I'm sat be, with what they have. I'm going to be concerned a little bit. Okay, and that's fine. I get that. I mean, I just laid out some areas that they could improve, but I don't think that I see the piece out there. But I also will acknowledge the fact that there's. Quite a few people traded this week that nobody had on their trade target boards. So surprise me. Fine. Mm-hmm. Uncover a gem. I, I think this patient approach could really, really benefit them. I think someone at the 11th hour might be willing to wanting to do something, wanting to get off a contract, mm-hmm. wanting to, hey, appease their boss who's like, hey, why haven't you done anything? What's going on? Yeah. And I think if you wait around long enough, Kyle Dubas might be able to turn the flexibility he has the unknown with the 10 defensemen who were seven last night and really you don't have a top-pairing guy to play with Morgan Riley. I I feel like there might be something there today. I will say yesterday we left the show. We were driving home and the Boston Bruins made a splash and they got Tyler Patuzzi and I thought, oh my God, just can't beat these guys. Mm -hmm. Then they signed Pasternak to a nice, tidy, long extension. That might make me feel a little bit less satisfied if nothing is done today. But at the same time, I still view this trade deadline as a success so far. And I, I would love to open that up to the text line at 595.90. You're a Leafs fan. What do you want the Leafs to do today? Is that nothing? Is that something big? Are you still anxiously awaiting a goaltending move? If so, who? how? Please tell me. <laughs> is it Dan Vladar? Is it someone that we haven't really mentioned I want to know. Play GM. You've got how many hours till the trade deadline? Quite a few, but they're up. They're up where they're working the phones. So Eight and a half, you I get think. to be play your GM mode. Are you okay with the Maple Leafs with what they've done? They've done a, a hell of a lot. Thirty percent different team than two weeks ago. They've done quite a lot. But they've so done have, quite a lot, but and then so you still have look, other teams in and the Boston's Eastern done Conference. Quite a lot, and that's and the they scary part. Quite a lot. And that's the scary part. I will say in Boston, we talked about charmed existences, like the perfect seasons. How. Allmark scores a goal and wins the Vezda. Yeah, Montgomery just, comes back after being on the shelf for a couple of years and wins coach of the year. And all these great things, Pasternak having an outstanding season and historical this mm-hmm. and that. How about injuries coming at the exact perfect moment? I know you don't want injuries, but what if Taylor Hall and Nick Foligno got hurt a week from now? You wouldn't have got Tyler Batuzzi. Oh, and now all, the, stars now all of a sudden, Nick Felino and Taylor Hall, who might, you know, maybe they're going to miss more time than we expect, or maybe they come back just in time to be added to a roster that is bolstered beyond the parameters of the salary cap, because now you have Tyler Batuzzi, Dmitry Orlov, and Garnet Hathaway. They are stacked. They are stacked, stacked. And everything seems to be working in their favor. Everything seems to be turning up Boston. Yeah, it's sickening. Um, thanks. Bruins had been working on this passion act deal quietly as we heard a couple times throughout the season, but I did, I expected to come yesterday at the trade deadline. No. Um, 
said to become a free agent this summer. That I don't think there was any feelings or just more good vibes thoughts that he wasn't going to find a way to stay with the Bruins. Um, eight year, ninety million dollar contract extension, lots of signing bonuses throughout that. But he becomes the sixth richest deal in NHL history with that. Mm-hmm. I think immediately you can start thinking, well, how is that going to pa- impact Austin Matthews? I don't think we need to get in that discussion right now. There's lots of fun trade stuff. It's, but it's, it's less a- on an annual basis than Matthews made mm-hmm. and signed what? When did he sign that contract? Three years ago? Something like that. And he's got one year left at $11.64 million. Four years ago, 2019. So it's still like, you know, the, the, all the quotes were coming out from Brad Marchand where it's like, yeah, we take less here. And $11 million's a lot. He probably could have got more, though. Oh, I, I 100% think he could have got more. But the guy's loyal. He wants to stay in Boston. He's, like, part of that makeup and that franchise, and I could not imagine him playing elsewhere. But then we just saw Patrick Kane do the same thing, so. And I, well, yeah. I, it's another reason why it's important that they didn't disrupt 24 and 25 if you're the Leafs because things are going to get more difficult on Boston. It's not going to be the charmed existence in 24 and 25 with maybe Patrice Bergeron out the door and all these cap penalties and David Pasternak earning more. It's going to be way more difficult for them to do what they have done this year, next year, and beyond. It gets more difficult when you got to pay your guys. We know David Pasternak is going to be around, and he's going to be paid. And the Bertuzzi deal was not as expensive as I thought it would be. Detroit gets a first-round pick uh, in 2024, top 10 protected, and a 2025 fourth-round pick. Like, I don't even... Would you have done that right now yeah, if you are doing I think so. A f- the first for Sandine, a fourth, and Alex Kerfoot? Yeah. 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 100%. I like Tyler Bertuzzi. And yeah. the Red Wings retaining 50% of his salary. The Bruins, not only have they done... Have they added high, high impact? They haven't paid exorbitant prices Why does prices everybody want to help them, too? I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure about Steve Eiserman either. What do you mean about that? Like, they had a summer spending spree. They were trying to get better. Oh, they're five points out of the playoff spot, too. And now they're selling off all their assets. They're selling off a 24-year-old in Hironic, who's at least one athletic writer, mm-hmm. had him nominated for the Norris at the quarter pole. Like, I understand that was... Is that athletic writer covered A little the diluted. He does, I think. A little diluted, but like... Someone thought that much of that player's start, at least, at 24. He's yeah, a premium. Yeah, he's not he's bad. a good defenseman. Don't get me wrong. So Detroit has now given up on Bertuzzi, and they're probably best young defenseman, other than Moritz Sider. And they added last year, and now they're going for draft picks. Like, I, I feel like they're having a tr- difficult time. Poor Dylan time. Larkin. Did and you he, see him yeah, on the podium They yesterday? signed him, and he's crying after. No, like, it was the, actually really the, tough to watch. He's crying the day after he signed it. Uh, Legitimately, what a, what a roller extension? coaster that he's been on. It's like being a Maple Leafs fan. Sell the team. They lost to the Oilers. Oh, my God. They're ready to make this playoff run. That's what Dylan Larkin's last 48 hours are like. I feel for the kid. Yeah, and they're there, as you mentioned. They're, like, kind of involved. But they're Could not, the they they not the going to make it if you keep selling off assets. 2015-16 season. Yeah, and they made it, what? Quarter century in a row mm-hmm. made the playoffs until then. Now they might not ever be back the way Steve Eiserman's okay. dealing. They do have a lot of draft picks. Here, let me give you some GM mode text text line. Neil from Whitby. How about Morgan Riley for Jacob Markstrom? Then you have zero top pair defensemen. Morgan Riley hasn't been too exciting as of late. No, but like you got to give him a chance. You got to give him a chance at the same time. Like, I, I kind of think they're setting, himself, setting themselves up or Riley up for failure 
Like, give him a little McCabe. Give him Brody, at least, at the bare minimum. He can't play with Shen or Gustafson in the playoffs. Right? I'm, like, yes, I know Justin. we saw that yesterday, but that can't be. That's why Nobody's I feel like a move might be there. That. But what is the other option? Brody. But then I want Brody as a good shutdown exactly. guy. Exactly. They're a defenseman shortstop. No, still. I understand that. But I don't know. Eric Neil, Gustafson Neil is not logging Morgan Riley minutes in the playoffs. Like, it cannot happen. How about this? Dave Natobico, GM Dave. Justin Hall and a second rounder for Radagudis. Rad Radagudis. Radco. Radco. I think autocorrect got him there. Radco Gudis. More sandpaper on the back end. Uh, that Gudis guy. I hate him, but I love him. You know what I mean? I yeah. I could. I don't know if he kills penalties to the degree that Hall does, but I guess you have McCabe and you have Giordano and Brody. I think you could probably get by. It's can you stand to upgrade on one of these guys? Can you put someone in that top pair? Can you put someone in that top six left wing role? Mm-hmm. I, I think you got to answer that question because just like, hey, another lottery ticket is not what this team needs. Okay, I like this. GM mode on the text line, 590, 590. Maybe you hit the winner. Maybe we forward them to Kyle Dubas. Send it through 590, 590. Um, anything else on the Leafs slash trades before we get to a little Raptors talk? Leafs slash trades? Well, there was like a flurry of moves. I guess the only thing really on like new stuff is that I hope, I hope, hope, hope that we get the Kings and Golden Knights in a playoff oh series. Oh my God, that'll be good. Because the Golden Knights went out and got Jonathan Quick, who Kipper right, linked to the Maple Leafs yesterday. yesterday. Uh, if Quick lands in Vegas and we get the Kings and Golden Knights, like that is a... They might, they might not beautiful. score a goal on him that in four games. Kiss. He, oh, I could see him being all world. He's a guy that for gives me major revenge guy game. He does. Like, like he's got the revenge guy game locked in. An angry, aggrieved Jonathan Quick, I think, is the best one. He just, how long can you be angry for? Like a week? Enough to beat the Kings? I don't know. I think he he's what really rattled about be. that cool. one. Uh, we did see revenge game. Callie Yarncroak with this big goal against the Flames last night, which we teed up uh, when we talked to the big show yesterday. Mm-hmm. Nazem Kadri almost made my parlay, which I had of two goal scorers of Kadri and Yarncroke. Did you have that? You, yeah. You left out because we, we were talking about it. We had zero moments to speak about the Wake and Rake yesterday. No, but we were talking about potentially but doing. But I had that parlay. We got to shout out our, did, our yep. some of our we, uh, listeners who submitted Wake and Rake selections yesterday. We'll find a way to do that. Uh, but I thought we were including the over. So you just went Yarncroke and Kadri? I did my own thing. But you know, in revenge, if you had kid, hit Yarncroke Kadri, that it was been... crazy odds. I think it was like thirty five hundred. I know that would have been just beautiful. five bucks. Anyway, I was rattled, but you know what? They end up winning, so a win's a win. Um, okay, I see some texts coming in at five ninety five ninety. We'll get to that. But we talk about the Raptors, who had another must win and was another and lost big loss um, to Washington, who they're going to play here in a, in a little two game series one nineteen one oh eight. Another rough night. Like, they're not losing these in a nice fashion, okay? These last losses have been ugly. Mm-hmm. Um, neck and neck with the Wizards. As we mentioned, there's a couple teams all fighting for this play-in spot. And now they're tied for Washington for ninth in the Eastern Conference. Wizards have two games on hand. Toronto, they're going to see them on Saturday. The game started in a way that made you want to turn the television off. I don't blame you if you did. Wizards started on a 10-0 run. The Raptors missed their first 10 shots. You thought, what the hell are we watching here? Hard to recover from that. Pretty brutal. It ended up being a game of runs. Like the Wizards went on a eight or uh, went on 12 and two run. Raptors went on 18 two run. Like there was flashes of brilliance, but nonetheless, it was just tough to watch. 
Raptors just had like really no answer for the Wizards' front court size, that poor like transition. Very average players. They didn't yeah, have any the defensive answer for. Like sometimes you're but in a heater. Like Kyle, way better. Kuzma was on a heater, yep. and sometimes you can't really do much if they're just making shots. But it seemed like they had no answer for very average players, mm-hmm. uh, which is a little disheartening. If you're the Toronto Raptors, at least defensively, the bench got scorched. The bench it seemed like Jakob Pertl had more to give and wasn't out there at times when he should have been. It it was a strange game from what I saw. I all, admittedly didn't have my full attention, but from what I saw, it was a really odd night. And these are the games that you must win if you decided you're going to go win and try to get into play-in. Do you play them again Saturday? You need to make major adjustments. I think everybody should go listen to the post-game Raptors podcast with Will Liu because he was fired up Mm -hmm. and he did not hold back. He had this one line that made me laugh out loud when I was driving in today. He's like, the bench was minus 15, minus 17, minus 18. He's like, it looks like the weather report from all across Canada. (laughs) I thought that was pretty pretty good. But yeah, the Raptors admittedly haven't been the point of focus the last couple of days with the NHL trade deadline and the flurry of Maple Leafs action. But you're not missing much right now. It's been pretty brutal. They have two wins, some games. They had a horrible shooting night, nine for 33 on threes. On the other side, 14 for 30. Nine for 33 on threes. I don't know. We're just falling into this rut of inconsistent, frustrating play so if you have a moment to go listen to will's raptors reaction podcast i think he lays it up great he's frustrated we're frustrated i think if you're a raptors fan watching these losses that need to be wins if you're going for it this season so they think there are going to be a lot of telling moments for the raptors here down the stretch what are we about 20 games left Mm -hmm. but they got washington again next and if it isn't different then you can kind of then we we know all we need to know it feels like and then maybe all this was misguided and maybe there is something fundamentally wrong with what they're trying to build. And I guess that's a lot to glean from one loss. But I guess that but would it be, hasn't just been that would one be, like that. But that would be consecutive losses if they don't respond to Washington uh, against a team they are in direct competition with, need to beat if they're going to get through a play-in mm-hmm. perhaps, and are just very, very average, if not below average, in terms of the entire NBA ecosystem. And if you can't handle those teams... With a bolstered no, roster what are we doing here? and a bench, <laughs> and finally everyone's health healthy. And you're right. What are we doing here? And that's really the question of the last little bit of the Raptors <laughs> season. What are we doing here? All right. We'll see. We'll see. Hopefully Monday we come back with some positivity with those Raptors. They're back in action against the Wizards. Um, on a back-to-back here, I mean a home-and-home. Home. I mean two games in Washington is what I'm trying to say. Okay. Thursday and Saturday. Leafs off Friday, Leafs off Sunday, calm viewing experience this weekend. Just a reminder, teeing up our guests, we got Jeff Merrick at 7, Anthony Stewart at 7.30, Elliot Freeman at 8, a full day of action here on the network and on Sportsnet TV, so you can have them both going. One earbud in, one eye on the TV, you can stream it on YouTube, you can have the Sportsnet app up, just consume that content i hope there's lots of trades to come we're gonna put a, a number on over under trades today maybe we'll do that in the wake and rake okay. speaking of send your picks in at five ninety five ninety. we have lots of shout outs because yesterday we are kind of pressed for time and we didn't get to them there were some winners including neil which i did bet so 
I did too. I felt bad about Shout that. Shout out, Neil. Okay. We're going to take a break. We got the A-list, and then we're going to continue with our trade deadline coverage on the Fan Morning Show. Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Now, it's time for hey, yo. the A-list. Bing bong. Bing bong. Bing bong. What's baby? All right. It's a Friday edition of the A-list. I was going to play that clip that you saw in the doc, but it's Friday. I don't really want to. It's kind of gross. I don't know what you're talking about. The one that Hernandez from the Red oh, Sox. Oh, I don't know. I don't. You'd yeah, have to explain it to me. I don't know. He basically just said. I kind of think you have to now because now everyone okay. wants to know. Well, it's the morning. It's not that bad, but I hope you can hear what he's saying. Um, Kike, Her- Kike Hernandez. Right. Was talking to the Red Sox. They do this thing where, like, the players interview each other with, like, a baby mic. Okay. And they're like, what's the most embarrassing moment you've had in your playoff or, your like, any part of your career? Okay. And he goes on to just put himself on blast. Like, he did not need to answer the question the way he did. We asked for one thing, not several well, yeah, things? Yeah, no. It, he answers it with one thing. Okay, but just it's one detail. It's a bit it's stunning. Um, it's kind of hard to hear, so hopefully you can hear it. It's, like, in... I don't know, like the green room underneath this. You mean that small mic isn't it's not, providing quality audio? It's not audio? ideal, but yeah. the story is ridiculous. Here's the clip. What's the most embarrassing thing that's happened to you during your game? 2020 playoffs. I had a tooth infection, so I was taking some antibiotics for my infection, and one of the side effects was diarrhea, and we got a big out in a big situation during the NLDS. And I screamed, F yeah! I was DHing. And I thought I poured it. Uh, I went out to lead off the inning. I struck out in three pitches. When I went in the dugout, went straight to the bathroom, put my pants down, completely started. So you're saying you misjudged the part? I <laughs> know. Uh, what I'm saying is I my pants during the game in the playoffs. All right. I like the follow-up. So what you're saying is you misjudged it? He's that's, like, no, no, I completely. <laughs> no, you misjudged it. I think you did misjudge it. You know what? Honesty is sometimes the best policy. I'm not sure about that one, but yeah, you didn't have to share that. He really didn't. He and if said, no one noticed, no, that's the worst part. That's now the most are, amazing. You know, thing. now people are going back and finding that game that yeah, out probably. in the what was it? The ALDS he was talking about this big out when he goes. Now that I think of it, I, yeah. I did notice something. Oh there, yeah, Kike. wait a second. Let's zoom in on the tape. Anyway, come on. Playoff game, too. That sucks. It's tough. Um, okay. NFL player report cards came out. So the NFLPA surveyed 1,300 players and okay. asked them to grade their team. And Grade their team or teammates? Their team. So they've been given the following options to, to grade. Training room. So this room, is purely a self... Oh, okay. We're talking about like the facility. Training room, travel, treatment of facilities, training staff, nutrition, weight room, strength staff. Okay. It is absolutely brutal. Give me... Give, oh, oh, I, okay. I already know the answer. I think the top team was Minnesota, wasn't it? The top team. Wasn't it? Um, well, you, you can go by each individual thing, but let me give you the, the worst team. Okay. Because this is the story. Can I guess? Jacksonville? Washington has multiple F-minus grades. Wow. Training room, F-minus Travel F minus treatment of facilities F 
Training staff, D. Nutrition, D+. That's plus. tough on the training staff. Weight room, staff. C+. Plus. Strength staff, A+. Plus. Okay, at least they got that. But my God, it's the, it is just damning. Well, that's stadium. Uh, stadium. Yeah, stadium. It's like falling apart. So you thought... FedEx Field, is it still FedEx Field? It's like actually falling apart. Like fans, if it's raining, there's no, like... it's brutal. It's It looks like very hazardous. Who did they you, need a new order, owner so bad there. Who did you think you wanted? I thought agreed? Jacksonville. They were twenty eighth out of thirty two in terms of like their overall rating. An F, a D, D plus, A minus, D minus, A, D minus, B. Mm-hmm. It's because Snyder's so cheap. And Jacksonville, like I, they got strong ownership. Their owners, he owns AEW, I think. Like they have, mm-hmm. they have deep pockets there, but like an older stadium and not much else going on for them. Who was number one? Um. Well. You can go by each individual. There's not like a collective. Oh, it give you an but I will say the best, I'll give you the best of the best. Treatment of facilities, A plus Dallas Cowboys. Okay. Nutrition, A Dallas Cowboys. Weight room, A plus Dallas Cowboys. Sounds like the Cowboys are rating. Strength well. staff, A plus Dallas Cowboys. Or did Jerry just send out a memo saying, I'm gonna find out whoever's negative, so Training make sure room, you're not. A plus Dolphins, Vikings, Bears. Training staff, A-plus, Dolphins, Vikings, Giants, Texans. Locker room, Dolphins, Vikings, Cowboys, Raiders. Travel, which I think is really important for a team. Raiders, Saints, Texans. A little random there. Raiders? Yeah, I think I saw the Vikings rated yeah, really high. Go on, on the NFLPA and take a look at how teams evaluate themselves and maybe it makes you think a little bit about the performance, but... It's online. It's NFLPA.com. They put this out. I don't think I've ever seen this before. Number one team was Minnesota Vikings. There you go. I just did the work quickly. They got a report card that looks like my own. Treatment of facilities or treatment of families, A. Food service nutrition, A minus. Weight room, A. Strength coaches, A plus. Training room, A plus. Training staff, A plus. Locker room, A plus. Team travel, A. Which is important too because they're kind of fighting a little bit of an uphill battle. Like you're in Minnesota. In the fall, in winter, True. you better have like, a good way to make. Are your team we going to be really happy about our surroundings every day when we're lugging through snow and cold to get to facilities <laughs> and all that stuff? But if everything is top class, which apparently it is, you can get get past those things. There you go. Check out how your favorite team did. NFLPA.com has their anonymous rankings of their team. Okay, send in your GM mode at five ninety five ninety. We got a couple in there to sprinkle through. Got some good some good trades. In the docket here, we'll see if they come true today on our full day of NF- NHL trade deadline, Sportsnet, Sportsnet 590 fan. We'll start us off next with Jeff Merrick, host of the Jeff Merrick Show, host of 32 Thoughts of Podcast. We'll have the other half of 32 Thoughts of Podcast at 8 a.m. We're going to do some uh, bigger picture stuff with Jeff, including what we Arizona got, got, is yeah, doing. We got to tackle the Coyotes we with gotta. Jeff. Your favorite team in the NHL. I'm telling you, they're, you, you'd miss them if they weren't here. All right. Okay. Jeff Merrick on the other side of the break.